Welcome to The Lex Factor, a lawfully good podcast where we'll brief you on the business of law so you can build a better practice and capture more billable hours. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Lex Factor. It's your host, Lauren, here. Oh, you were going to introduce me this time. And my co-host, Brad. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's it's actually Brad Pobble. I always have to say my last name. You know that. Brad gives me trouble because I don't say my last name because I don't want everybody to know who I am. Very and, mysterious. You know, and the stalkers start and whatnot. But speaking of stalkers, we're talking cybersecurity today. So that was a nice roll in, right? What, do those things relate together? <laughs> yeah. Maybe like, stalking on the Internet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Exactly, exactly. We'll see. We'll see what our expert <laughs> says today. Yes. So speaking of our expert, we are actually here today with Vince Mazza. He is the CEO of Guard Street Cybersecurity. Welcome, Vince. Hi, how are you? Good. Good. How are you? I'm going to clap for oh, you, yeah. Vince. <laughs> it's I'm funny clapping how no right one back. Clap, yeah, yes. clap for yourself, I, I, Vince. <laughs> I, I appreciate the applause, and I can assure you that I am not a stalker. <laughs> That's <laughs> what, about, what they always say. Yeah. What about a cyber stalker, though? Well, I help to defend from those cyber stalkers. So those Very are not nice. good guys. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, tell us tell us a little bit about what you do, your background, what you like to do in your free time, long walks on the beach, stuff like that. Well, you know, I'm just outside of Chicago, so not too many beaches <laughs> uh, over here. Dang and it. there'll be ice uh, pretty soon. But uh, run a company called Guard Street. Uh, we're a cybersecurity company, and we help uh, businesses to protect themselves uh, proactively from cyber attacks. So we offer services and tools to do that. And then we also take those uh, emergency calls that uh, happen to be the, you know, on Fridays or the, <laughs> the day before a holiday. And we work through the weekend to help companies recover. That's awesome. Always happens on that right today, right before the holiday. You know it what, does. though? It, it, like, this is me asking as an outsider. That's probably a thing, right? Because these hackers know that they're probably going to get a little further than they may during the work week. I don't know. Well, they, they do it on purpose yeah. on Fridays. That's where the ransomware and wire fraud attacks uh, happen. Because if you think about it, when uh, a when wire fraud happens, a wire is going to a – it's diverted to a place it shouldn't be. And to avoid getting caught, the strategy is to uh, continue to wire that money out of uh, one account into another account into another account. So it ultimately becomes mm -hmm. untraceable mm -hmm. and it, it winds up in China. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so that's why they do it on Friday, because, you know, people aren't looking yeah. until Monday when it's a surprise. Yeah. See, I had an inkling, you know. Yeah, there's you could tell. There. Um, so let's today, let's just get down and dirty and talk cybersecurity best practices, things that anybody, you know, can really walk away with and understand. They can, you know, take some some tips and put them into action starting next week already. So really explain to us what is what is the profile of a hacker these days? Because, you know, again, me on on the outside, I, I think of movies from years ago when people are sitting at the computer, Sandra Bullock, <laughs> hacking away. But I have learned from Brad over here that that's not the case anymore. Well, let me tell you that I'll, I'll tell you about the profile because that's such an important place to start. The growth in, in cyber attacks has been absolutely staggering, especially this year. And it looks mm -hmm. like it's uh, it may appear that it's a losing battle because of the expense that goes into recovering from a cyber attack. Um, so you really need to know who your adversary is. And um, so if, if you look, it, you know, 
a lot of people perceive the cyber attacker as being, you know, that dude that's in his parents' basement, you know, <laughs> with the, the lights off and just the computer and mom, and, you know, just Not a chip. exactly. And, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Mom, I need some meatloaf. Yeah. Mom, the you know, meatloaf. <laughs> I think that was from a Will Ferrell movie. Yeah, anyway, was. Um, so so yes, that that guy or gal, that that is a profile, the previous profile of a hacker, and he's still, you know, working his magic. The environment has drastically changed. Now it's extremely formal. Uh, there are well-organized hacker cyber criminal groups that are now attacking. And remember the, the adage, you know, crime doesn't pay. Mm-hmm. Well, that does not apply in the world of cybersecurity <laughs> oh, man. because the, look, the, the risk of getting caught is so low. I mean, it's less than 5% is your chance of getting caught oh, because wow. they're, they're very well hidden. Uh, and the upside is tremendous. So going deeper into the profile, you know, the entry level hacker makes in the neighborhood and he's probably doing it part time about 40,000 a year. It doesn't sound like a whole lot. Right. Right. But but, you know, OK, he's he's doing it part time. It's hmm. it's nice, nice cash. Yeah. You know? The, the kind of the the middle income hacker though now you're this is somebody who's doing it full time they've got some experience they've had a few good hits you know they're making about nine hundred thousand dollars a year what okay that's a decent income yeah oh my gosh uh, and and now let's now let's get into the the hacker who's pretty experienced he's sharp he's seen it all he's he's had some big time hits if he will not he or she will not make less than 2 million a year, wow. you know, and, pro- and probably 10 times that depending on, um, you know, the, the types of attacks that That's they pursue. So, yeah. so yeah, so you got to know what you're dealing with. They are organized and, and, uh, and they, they're good at what they do. Okay. You know, so this is not, sorry, Brad, just okay. to jump in, but you, now I'm like excited. 10 million. Okay. So on the flip side, when they do get caught, what are the penalties for something like that? I'm just curious here. Are you, you know thinking what? of a career change? <laughs> <laughs> well, not severe enough. Uh, I, I have spent some time uh, with the FBI uh, at oh, wow. conferences and so forth, listening to the stories of you know how they've been caught, and obviously there's very few caught, and you and you really don't see many uh, in public. Well, part of the reason is is because a hacker can sometimes turn in their peers mm. and cut a deal with the FBI. Mm-hmm. And so you, you don't hear that they were actually caught. But the, the penalties uh, are not severe enough, and we just don't catch enough of them. So Wow. <laughs> you know, Vince, one time uh, at a previous uh, company, the FBI came in, did a talk, just like, kind of like what you were saying, and they showed pictures. They showed uh, what looked like your normal contact center. And it was actually owned by a cyber criminal uh, organization that uh, paid people to sit on the phones and just try to, you know, fish people and call people. And I mean, it was like it looked like 50 ish people just making calls constantly. And it it looked like a legitimate business almost. Yes. uh, And and you know what, though? They operate 
almost like legitimate businesses. So on the dark web, you'll not that I spend a lot of time there, uh, <laughs> but, but you you will see job descriptions for a, a, a type of hacker. Hey, this this position pays two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. They're salaried people with benefits. And if you can imagine going to downtown St. Louis or Chicago, you've got the skyscrapers. Those are like organizations that uh, that could be just filled with hackers. Right. I am like, I'm going to have to talk to Brad after we're done here because I just have so many questions, but I don't want to take away his time. (laughs) Well, tell us, uh, tell us a little bit more, Vince. So we know their background. We know their profile. Why do they do these attacks? Is it just for the money? It's mostly for the money. Uh, I I would say, uh, statistically speaking, it's about 71% of the time it's it is for the money. And the, again, these are uh, highfalutin organizations as well as the, the people you know in their parents' basement. <laughs> uh, beyond that, though, they're also nation states. So if you think about it, you know, a few years ago, we paid Iran billions of dollars, one administration. The next administration didn't pay them, put added sanctions. And so Iran was committed to uh, get money from the U.S. one way or another. So they attacked our municipalities. So nation states are definitely perpetrators uh, in this. Uh, There's another organization out of Nigeria that is actively attacking uh, Americans, taking their unemployment money. Definitely. Money is is kind of number one. The number two is industrial espionage. So that's very common in, in terms of breaking into law firms, uh, breaking into uh, companies that have very sensitive information. Countries like China uh, make no bones about it. There's uh, If you Google China 2025, they make no bones about uh, grabbing information from American companies so they can essentially hmm. dominate particular industries. But the scariest of the reasons... Um, is the hackers uh, also want bragging rights. Uh, so they will post on the dark web, you know, hey, I just took down uh, this particular business, they just closed, and I'm the guy that did it. And unfortunately, families are out of work now mm-hmm. and, and so forth, but they really have no soul when it comes to bragging rights. So that's the scary right. reason that they attack. They're trying to build their brand, get those uh, larger paying jobs. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. There is a, a corporate ladder in the mm-hmm. world of uh, cybercrime. Okay, so I'm going to bring up COVID just because obviously everybody brings up COVID and we talk about it all the time, but it's impacted so much here. But I've read a lot recently about COVID affecting technology for the good and for the bad. So, you know, something we talked about a couple weeks ago is how much technology has increased in advance in the past couple months. Basically, years worth of technology has come out in just a couple of months. But I know it's affected the cybersecurity, I don't want to say industry as well, but the cybersecurity industry as well. So how has it really grown over this past year and in the past couple of years leading up to, you know, 2020? Actually, the statistic that uh, that I heard, Lauren, uh, is the advancement from a technological perspective was about 10 years Oh, wow. Within within about a week. Wow. Within and a week? The, oh. <laughs> within a week. Well, if you think about it, <laughs> yeah. how long did it take for everybody to suddenly, you know, work out of their house? You know, it, it, employees went home yeah. uh, pretty quick once the president brought us up to speed about COVID. Um, maybe not your company, but everybody else uh, <laughs> definitely 
uh, started working at home. So, and there were all sorts of issues. I mean, think about Zoom, mm-hmm. uh, what, what happened there and all the security risks. And, you know, if you look at cyber crime, this has been the blast off year for it. Uh, cyber attacks are up uh, 400% uh, oh, for wow. the year. And if if you look at 2015, the cost of cyber attacks uh, were, was about $3 trillion. And by the end of 2021, it's expected to be about 6 So it's it's pretty substantial. And if you look at typical attacks, and I know we'll, we'll probably talk about some of the trends, but uh, phishing emails were up 600%. Mm-hmm. Our data, based on our email security, show that the impersonation emails went up 250%. So it's it's been just a banner year for cybercrime. And one of the typical cyber attack approaches is uh, ransomware. Many of us are familiar with that that term. Um, if you looked at 2019, the costs and it was a popular way to attack. Uh, 2019 was about seven and a half billion. Um, by the end of uh, next year, it's expected to be about 20 billion. So a big jump. Again, it pays to to be in that cyber uh, attack arena. I think one time I got a phishing attempt or a fake email from someone pretending to be our CEO, Scott. And I looked at it and I was like, man, if Scott wrote this, I am disappointed in him. This is not Scott. <laughs> it's a poor attempt to poor be grammar. Scott. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> if a CEO can have that grammar, I can be a CEO. <laughs> Well, you brought up ransomware attacks. You know, we've been reading about that everywhere lately. It's been in all different kinds of news agencies. You know, people are working to recover from those. Do you have any advice for those companies just from a ransomware attack? Pay the ransom, don't pay the ransom, back up your debt. What what are you thinking along those lines? So the the, uh, canned answer from the police and FBI will be, don't pay the ransom. Uh, and, and that's a, always a good place to start because, boy, if you can avoid paying that kind of money and I'm, I could talk. Well, actually, let me talk about that for a second. The cost of <laughs> the cost of of a ransomware attack since July has gone up 33 mm. percent. So take a, a small business, say a small law firm or accounting practice. Um, you know, they were paying eighty four thousand in ransom. Uh, previously, they're now about 111,000. Plus, you add on the the cost of recovery; it's north of 200,000. So, it's pretty uh, pretty substantial. I would say, th- though, while you want to start by not paying, it depends on your business. I mean, if you're a medical clinic or a, a hospital, and it's a life or death situation, and right. and you can you need that data, uh, you've got to pay the ransom. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you hate to say that because your your chance of being hit again is about 47 percent um, and and your chances of not getting your your data back is about 17 percent. So, you know, you want to avoid that if if you can and, and better yet, put the proactive measures in place so you can be in that position where you can tell the hacker, yeah. Uh, go away. (laughs) I'm good. Thanks. Right. Right. Nice try. Yeah. I read online that I guess there's insurance for cybersecurity. Is that pretty common? Do, do most companies have that or is that, or most people paying out of pocket? No. uh, So cyber liability insurance is uh, growing about 30% a year. Uh, And it's, it's uh, something that you're, uh, uh, your insurance agent now needs to present. And if you turn it away, 
no, I don't want to spend the extra money on cyber insurance. You've got to sign off on that mm. because your general liability policy doesn't cover cyber and doesn't want to. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, right. sounds like a lot of money. So I'm waiting for that to go more into the public sector from an insurance perspective. You know, you have identity protection, obviously, uh, and yep. you get that through AAA, Protect My. There's like several different out there. Not to you know just pick one, but I'm waiting for your mainstreams, uh, like maybe a State Farm or something like that. Uh, maybe they already do. Well, truth be told, uh, I, I can't disclose who, uh, but but uh, Guard Street in the first quarter of uh, 2021 is white labeling a program for a large company uh, that you will most certainly know. Uh, and we've, we combine a proactive cyber protection uh, service and we package in cyber liability insurance and emergency response. For so, individuals as well? Uh, for companies, for individuals, that's called identity theft protection. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> so, which unfortunately a lot of us have needed this year. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've been talking about the ransomware. What I'm curious is not just ransomware, but any type of bad actor in inside of your environment. How long do you think that they're usually in your system before you're able to detect them? And then once you do, what's the average cleanup around that? Sure. So if, if you think of a cyber attacker as some person sitting at their desk working and shuffling papers and, or, or files on their computer, if, like a salesperson who, who maybe has a whole bunch of accounts uh, in his, his or her pipeline uh, waiting to close, that's what, that's what a hacker does. They're working on multiple hacks uh, at once. Um, and uh, they typically uh, work them for about seven months. Uh, and they work them because maybe they just don't have time to, they've broken in, but they haven't acted. They'll just wait to act until the, you know, their, their schedule opens up. Mm -hmm. uh, or they might wait to hack until they see that there's some additional uh, information that they can get. So I'll, I'll use the example of hacking an email account. If they hack an email account, they'll wait to see what valuable things come in. So if trading accounts come in, uh, financial records, they'll wait until there's enough there to say, okay, yeah, I'm going to make money with this hack. I'm going to act on it. So about mm -hmm. seven months is the average. And then once they, once they act, um, it takes about 11 months to clean that up on average. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, it's painful. That's why proactive is the key here. It is. Right on. Gosh. That's crazy. Not if, when. Uh, yeah. Right. So obviously everybody has to be on guard, but who's really the most vulnerable? You know, who do they go after first and foremost? Sure. So I'll, I'll cover this year uh, because this is, again, been the, special the, year. <laughs> the, the, the banner year for, for attackers. And, and I would put the categories of targets into, into four categories. Uh, one, I mentioned municipalities earlier. Uh, those are definitely what hackers call a soft target because they don't have the sophistication, uh, the cybersecurity sophistication. So that category is up about 60%. And it's also a big payout because if you look at, you know, the municipality that you live in or I live in, there's a lot of people. So mm -hmm. they're, you know, having the, uh, the power working uh, and, and other, you know, basic necessities is kind of important. So they will likely pay the ransom. The second category, Lauren, you brought up is, you know, the remote employee. Mm -hmm. That has been a, a big focus this year because 
they have served as the inroad into companies because they may not be following the the company policies yet or have them uh, to maybe log in remotely or maybe using personal devices that have already been hacked to get into company uh, the company network. So that's another a second category. A third category is really what what we call in our industry island hopping. So I'll I'll use a, a type of company as an example. Let's look at a maybe a law firm or a, or an accounting practice. Those have traditionally been soft targets. Their cybersecurity for many of the practices out there uh, aren't what they should be. They house the information for an organization that is the the most pristine. They have merger and acquisition information, financial records, information on the the owners or you know partners, um, and one attack allows uh, attack into say the law firm allows the uh, attacker to then island hop among the clients and grab the most lucrative information. So that's the third category, and the fourth category is now attacking us personally. Earlier this year, the focus was getting into the the businesses. The attackers have been very successful there. But over the last couple of years, few years, there's been some major uh, cyber attacks, like let's look at uh, Equifax, you know, as an example. Um, That information is getting old. So the cyber attackers look at this as harvest season. (laughs) <laughs> uh, with all of <laughs> the, with the overload, it, no, truly, this is, it's time to harvest all that data that has been purchased on the dark web. Uh, and anybody that's uh, been a victim of cyber, uh, of uh, identity theft or part of a breach is fair game this year. And the second half of the year has been off the charts. It's so interesting to think about, you know, and how they, you know, organize and how they pull things together and plan yeah. it just right and harvest at the right time, uh, like what you were <laughs> saying. I mean, it's just yeah. so sophisticated. Um, speaking of that, though, tell us how you've seen them advance, the different types oh, of attack, sure. how, how they've grown, become more sophisticated, even in the ways that they're attacking. Absolutely. Great question. So one thing that's consistent is 95% of cyber attacks originate through email. It is consistently a a fact. And uh, so from an email perspective, we talked a little bit about uh, phishing emails and impersonating, impersonating Scott Brennan, your CEO, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, you know, and what they're doing is uh, using social engineering uh, to understand as much as they can, say the example of of the CEO, then they're using this is the the sophistication. They're using machine learning, hmm. so they will use the vernacular of the person that they they're impersonating, or maybe they've hacked his email account, um, and and so it's that machine learning that is so difficult to detect now, and you can't turn employees into human phishing detectors. Um, there's cybersecurity awareness training, and that will help a little bit, but that's that machine learning that's that's so difficult. You really need artificial intelligence to combat that. If you use the, I'll use another movie adage, <laughs> you can't take a knife to a gunfight and be successful. Um, so you've, you've got to use artificial intelligence. The other uh, attack trend. We talked about ransomware. Well, ransomware, you know, the, the hacker can can make money by uh, breaching and stealing your data, but they don't have to with ransomware. They just have to stop you from getting at your data. So when you pay the ransom, 
what's happening is what I call the hacker upsell. They'll say, ah, <laughs> thanks for the money. Here's your data back. But it's going to cost you this much more to stop me from putting it on the dark web oh. or releasing it to the public. So that's been a big trend. The other thing is another trend. This is a little more on the positive side, though, uh, is more companies are using what we call layers. So more cybersecurity technologies and the average is about nine different technologies which wow. is a step in the right direction mm -hmm. because you really need to have multiple technologies to protect yourself. If you leave this podcast with, with understanding one thing, it's layers are good. I, I use the analogy. Uh, my, my kids love the, the movie uh, Shrek. Do you guys <laughs> yeah. watch Shrek? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like Shrek. Yeah. I love that movie. Do you remember the, the scene where he's talking to uh, donkey and he says, <laughs> ogres uh, have layers. This, this that's no. right. That's, <laughs> that's that? it. Um, Onions have layers, yeah. ogres have layers, and cybersecurity should have layers. So, <laughs> That's now awesome. Th this next one, uh, I'll give you one more uh, trend, uh, which is a little on the scary side because with the, the drastic growth in cyber attacks this year and where it's been going, there's a shortage of about a million cybersecurity professionals on the good side. Oh, you know? wow. Yeah, uh, there's no shortage uh, and, on the bad side, right? On the bad side, that's growing at an increasing pace. Uh, and it's expected that a year from now, the shortage is go going to be about three and a half million people. Mm. Uh, so that's that's a little scary. That's wow. crazy. I wonder if there's a lot of going back and forth, like if the bad guys ever decide they're going to get right and go straight and have a good cybersecurity job. Well, that's mm -hmm. that's actually uh, if you talk to somebody in the FBI, they'll tell you stories about how they they bring they them poach, out of. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right. They replace the dark side and bring them into the uh, the force. <laughs> Just like the movie, we, we are nailing the movie. Quote. I know we covered Shrek to <laughs> Shrek to, to Star well, Wars. Well, you know what? We're none of us are going out as often as we used to, so <laughs> we're, we're watching a few more movies. Yeah, you're it's right. A normal combination right. of movies. Um, so that machine learning that you talked about earlier, that was pretty fascinating for me. So how else are these attacks becoming more and more sophisticated? Well, you know, I would say the network attacks are are constantly changing. So, uh, you know, w one thing that, uh, you know, we look for in our company, uh, you know, we've got a, a sophisticated uh, vulnerability scan. Well, the, the bad guys also use a vulnerability scan uh, um, and, and companies, and they'll see where the vulnerabilities are, and they'll constantly be looking for more ways to plant malware. So they've got very advanced scans that if, again, the knife to a, a bring in a knife to a gunfight perspective. <laughs> uh, yeah, you've I get got a new to, quote this time. <laughs> but, you, you know, you've got to stay on top of that. So they've gotten sophisticated with how they plant those uh, uh, that malware. Yeah. Hmm. I could definitely see that, you know, the normal antivirus Windows Defender may be not good enough. Yeah, it, it's, it, yeah all of them. Uh, it's funny you bring that up because there was a, a phenom study uh, that was uh, done not so long ago. And they looked at the cyber attacks uh, that had antivirus and 82% of the attacks 
had antivirus. They just blasted through it. Wow. Uh, That's crazy. So, so you need antivirus. It's a layer. Layers. Uh, mm -hmm. Layers. That's why you I need other things. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Um, <laughs> you know, and and uh, even at some of the endpoint security that's out there, they provided a statistic there is like uh, north of 70%. Uh, they had the endpoint security and the bad guys just right blasted through, through that. Man. So the CIOs, uh, CTOs, uh, and chief uh, uh, security officers are not as confident these days on on the uh, antivirus and endpoint security only. Hmm. You've got to be more advanced to have additional layers. Yeah, got to have those layers. You got to have those layers. That's Peel it. them back like an onion. That's um, right. Be an ogre. <laughs> be an ogre. <laughs> <laughs> so Vince, I think you painted a pretty obvious picture here. So at the end of the day, what are some controls the firms that are listening to right now they can put into place at their firm to help be more secure, I guess? Sure. We have this conversation uh, every single day, several times a day. It's a, it's a great question and there's a, a process towards protecting your business. Um, it, it does start with layers, <laughs> but it also starts with the accepting the fact that uh, a, a solid cybersecurity program is not a set it and forget it. You've got to be constantly looking at it, no less than annual, but then you've got to be adjusting throughout the year because cyber criminals are doing that themselves. Change. That's right. You've got to change. They're changing the way they attack. You need to, to uh, change the way you protect. And so I always advise a company to start with an understanding of what their crown jewels are. That if those crown jewels were attacked or stolen, would you go out of business? Would you stop? Would you, you lose the most amount of money? Start with an understanding there. And it usually falls into five categories of protecting your business. First and foremost is starting with your policies and your practices. If you have them, Fantastic. <laughs> now, uh, make sure that your employees know about those policies and follow them and follow through on them. Uh, if you don't have them, create them. You know, policies would, uh, you know, examples of what would fall into a policy is when the CEO requests that a wire be sent uh, via email to accounting. <laughs> What kind of validation is that? Is there that that say your CEO Scott actually requested that that wire go out? <laughs> and not don't rely on an email. Have a, a validation process. Or from a password perspective, uh, are you using unique passwords? Are you using a multi-factor authentication approach, especially when you're logging in remotely mm -hmm. and going into the the server? So that's one category. Second category, an extremely important category, is your people. People are your greatest asset, and it can work on, in the inverse, too. So 53% of breaches uh, happen as a result of employee negligence. Employees want to do a good job, by and large. Um, there's a few bad apples out there, uh, but but by and large, they're, you know. <laughs> Did you see? <laughs> uh, I, I saw, I saw uh, you point to Lauren. No, uh, I pointed I, at I, Brad. I, what are you talking about? Uh, okay. <laughs> well, now they're pointing at each other. I'm sorry the audience can't see what's happening right now. But, uh, out of but control. I, I still think they're good people and they and and your people want to do a good job. So give your people the tools. The tools are cyber awareness training. 
uh, that's so important, you know, how to look at those emails, how to uh, manage passwords, how not to leave certain pieces of paper on your desk and how to shred and destroy uh, confidential information when you're finished with it. One thing that that we offer from a, an employee perspective is we actually provide an employee cyber assessment. So literally the employees will, will take a, uh, uh, a questionnaire, takes about seven to 10 minutes. And at the end of that, we will be able to see their cyber behavior. They'll fall into a, a behavioral quadrant. And what that'll do is, is tell the employer what types of cyber attacks would that employee fall for. So it allows them to then train them accordingly and focus on the weaknesses and have a, a more effective uh, cyber plan. Targeting really the training, cool. yeah. I really yeah. like that. That's awesome. Yeah, and employees do too. Uh, because they, they want to do well. So the, the third category is having the right tools. And we can go into a whole, uh, in much more depth into having the right tools, but a right tool would be the ongoing scanning that I mentioned. And your the right policy for the ongoing scanning is to remediate and fix the vulnerabilities throughout, uh, throughout the year. You know, another example of, of a, an essential tool, we talked about machine learning, uh, with with email security, you've got to have a really solid email uh, security approach that uh, that tells you, hey, um, I know this says that Scott sent you this email for a wire, uh, your CEO. This isn't really your CEO. You know, if there was something that tells you that, and we actually offer something, um, you know, that's an important thing. The 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 next uh, uh, fourth uh, category that uh, we always focus in on is backing up. Uh, when we talk about ransomware, oh boy, backing up can't be more important uh, into the cloud locally and making sure that you're backing up. And finally, it's it's uh, it's assembling your your team of of top performers and a, a third party cyber security company uh, to handle and the emergencies that may come up, but practice in advance so that you're prepared and you can recover quickly. Mm hmm. I like that. And I like that all your tips are something that people can take pieces of and do right now and do on their own, too. It's not just so far fetched that they're like, where do I even start? But that's what I like about that. And I'm really glad that you brought it backing up because I do want Brad to know that I cleaned off my desktop. Um, <laughs> he yelled at me for saving everything to my desktop. But I had no idea that saving items to your desktop was a threat. Well, you know? Yes, and and it's it's more just the multiple applications that you <laughs> you have because you have to keep those updated because yeah. as you don't update the applications that you have, it becomes a threat. So that's why you should minimize, minimize. He use, is. He's use, getting worked yes. up. He's a little angry with me right now. <laughs> keep only what you need, Lauren. Yeah, keep okay. only what you need. Okay. Throw okay. away the rest. I, you guys are ganging up on me. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be okay. <sighs> Okay, Vince, so this is the best part of the episode. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, good. So we like to end with three things, three most important things that our listeners should take away with them today. So we go around the room. Everybody says one thing. So since today you are our special guest, we're going to let you go first. Layers. I knew it. <laughs> Good thing I wrote down other that stuff. That is a great part of the Shrek movie. Um, yeah, though. I know. It really is. It, and it, is. it fits so well with this. I just thought about Puss in Boots when he brought, I was like, Puss in Boots. You know, like when he introduces himself <laughs> mm -hmm. that first time. It's a great show. It it's is. a great show. 
All right, Bradley. You All right. Go. Well, there's a lot of things that I took away from today's episode, but uh, I think one thing that's important is it's always changing. You always have to be diligent. You always have to be modifying your protections, your approach, as the bad actors are doing the modifications on their side. Mm -hmm. It's not a one-size-fits-all. It's not a a sign-up and walk away. It's a constant diligence that you have to have Mm -hmm. to make sure that you stay protected. And I think it's important for people to know that. Yeah. And if we could quote the great Vince Mazza, he said, don't set it and forget it. Right. I wrote that down. I was like, I like, yeah, quote, quote. So what I'm going to say is, and I think this pertains to our listeners, knowing them, knowing a lot of them are smaller firms, identify your crown jewels. I like that because that's something that you can do right now. You can look at what you have, the data you have in your company at your firm and say, okay, this is, this is the meat right here. This is what I need to figure out how to protect. That's my takeaway for the day. It's good to start there for sure. (laughs) We got to make it easy, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right, Vince. Thank you so much for being with us today. We really loved having you on the show. My pleasure. Great to talk to you guys. I love the Lex Factor. This is cool. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning into the Lex Factor, and we'll talk with you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Lex Factor. Lexicon takes care of business so you can take care of law. Learn how to build a better practice at lexiconservices.com.